little different than normal, huh? When we're always dismissing them or people are giving me a wave from the back and saying, all right, it's time for the kids to be dismissed. Today, we're not going to take a lot of time, but we're going to take much, as much time as we need as the Holy Spirit moves. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to each and every person in this church and understand the seriousness of today's message. It's called Life Change, from the jack-o'-lantern to the cross. And I want everybody to listen very closely to what I have to say. And I know that for some of you, you may say, I might not like what pastor's going to preach. For some of you, you might say, preacher, preach it. For some of you, you might say all kinds of things. But I'm here to to say to each and every one of you that I'm here to encourage you in the truth. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come into the Father but through Jesus. Jesus actually means when you see the way, the truth, and the life. If you look it up, the word life actually means breath. And so when we think about Jesus and we think about his deity and we think about who he is, we have to understand that if we're going to walk in the ways of Jesus, then we have to walk in the truth and we have to walk in life. But we must walk in the way of Christ. What does that look like? I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit because this is not in my notes. But, but I've been praying all morning, all evening. For you see, Satan wanted to keep me awake. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what he meant for evil and I'm going to use it for good. Because now I'm going to speak so much against him that even though he tried to keep me awake, I'm going to shine some light into this dark world that we live in. Hallelujah. So here's what I want you to know, that if we're going to walk in the way, and I want all the kids to understand something today, that as Pastor Todd is speaking, I want to speak to you with a depth and a seriousness that probably you don't hear me speak on otherwise. I've asked my two associate pastors to come up to participate in today's message. But what I want you to understand that today, that if we're going to walk in the way of Christ, what does that look like? Broad is the way, narrow is the gate, and very few find it that means few now how does this look like for us from the jack-o'-lantern to what to the cross that means that if we pick up the cross of christ and that we follow him then we must change in our life right i want change if i know jesus and jesus who is holy and we learn today that he are he says i and my father are one then we must walk in holiness church I want to tell you that I think we've been flirting with the devil. We've been flirting with darkness. We've been encompassing and and allowing Satan to come in and steal our joy, steal the very things that Christ wants to enrich us and give us. He says, given it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He wants to give to us. But we're so busy being busy that we're not picking up the cross much any longer. Church, we are in a time when the world is at its darkest that I've ever seen it at 53. And I believe it's going to get even darker. The exciting part for me is that I know that I'm on the winning team. Amen? 
So let it be today that we shout the hymn of heaven. Let it be today that we celebrate the goodness of Christ. Amen. Let it be today that we know who he is. Now, there are children that are in this room. So this is a PG-13 message for I want you to understand that what I'm going to say again about Halloween is something that I think the church needs to really be aware of and understand it. But if I want to have the breath of life and who is Jesus Christ in me, that he's the very breath that I take, the very thing that I live by, then I've got to stop flirting with the world. We're at a place, I really believe, that when you look around, and I tried this just this week, as I was traveling down the back roads, up the interstate, Halloween is being like magnified and expounded bigger than I've ever seen in my life. I was driving down the road, and when I saw three different objects hanging in a tree, if that doesn't disturb you, then you need to do a self-examination of your life right here, right now, today. Because I don't want to see a child, now listen to me, dressed in a clown costume, hanging in a tree. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And if we're going to walk in the ways of Christ and we're going to live in Christ, then we need to stop the chaos. And yes, was I up at 2.30 this morning? Yes. Was I tossing and turning and tossing? I turned and tossed so much. My wife's in the nursery that you know what I did? I actually, the sheets came off our bed. That tells you just how much I was wrestling back and forth. You know why? Because I love you. I love our church. I love our children. But we're at a time where I truly believe that when we, when we take a magnifying glass and we look at the world and we know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, that God demonstrated his love toward us and that yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it says that if thou shalt confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God is raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But if the same God that demonstrated, commended, and loved the world so much, what in the world are we doing flirting with Satan? Why are we allowing the nonsense to go on in our world and in our churches and in our homes? Now listen to me. If you were on the side of this pastor and you understood deliverances and things that go on, then you would say to me, goodness gracious, I want nothing to do with it. Now, again, I'm only speaking to you out of love. Because I want to shine light. And today's message, when it talks about let your light shine, what I'm trying to demonstrate here today is to summarize that I want changes to be in our life foremost. I want us to understand what the breath of heaven looks like. What it looks like from going from just a jack-o'-lantern to the cross. If you have your Bible, I want you, if you will, please, to turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. And I'm going to move forward, and I, I could probably spend all day giving you all information. Church, when my little granddaughter Libby went this past week, and she was at the Stark, it was wonderful what the Sheriff's Department did in Stark County. Megan was invited to go. She took Libby there. And as soon as Libby got into the place where they were doing the trick-or-treat, and we know all that, and I see trunk-or-treat everywhere, and I understand that we're substituting, you know, all kinds of things. But at the end of the message, I hope you have understanding. You can walk away and do whatever you want. 
But today, I'm just telling you, just as the under-shepherd to the great high shepherd that loves the, the, the flock that he's given to me, I'm going to speak to you like you do your children out of love. And I want the kids to understand that you all received little pumpkins today. So we're going to do something with that little pumpkin, and you'll get a chance to participate, right? So it makes it fun. But I want you to see what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. Watch closely. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. What means put off? That means you would strip, you would take away, you would take it off, right? So I would take off this vest. If I said I'm getting hot, I want to take this off. So it says, take off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. If you're using God's name in vain, stop doing it. If you're cussing, stop doing it. It is not wholesome to anybody else, and it surely isn't wholesome to the Holy Spirit. And if you're walking in truth, and if you're walking in life, and you're walking in Jesus, then you need to understand that your language needs to change as well. I know that you get anger, angry, and I know that that sounds a little hillbilly. I know you get anger up in there. Anyhow, that's my Kentucky roots coming out. I love it. Anyhow, so anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. But it says, do not lie one to another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have to put on the new man who was renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And in verse 11, it says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, uh, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, listen, children of God, listen, the elect of God, listen, those that know Jesus as Lord and Savior, ready? he's speaking to you, therefore, hi, the elect of God, holy and beloved, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I want you to listen and ask yourself if you really think you should allow your children to participate in such an ungodly activity. Listen to me. Tom Sang- Sanguinet, former high priest in the Celtic tradition of Wicca, which is witchcraft, said the modern holiday we call Halloween has its origins in the full moon closest to November 1, the witch's new year. It was a time when the spirits or demons were supposed to be at their peak power. He went on to say, Halloween is purely and absolutely evil. And there's nothing we ever have or will do that would make it acceptable to the Lord Jesus Christ. End of quote. Without a doubt, the most recognizable symbols of Halloween is a pumpkin cart with a jack-o'-lantern. So today we are going to help the jack-o'-lantern get a different view of his existence. Do you know that even the jack-o'-lantern has its origin with pagan practices? And if you don't know about it, look it up. I won't go into depth with it, but in the book, Occult Conceit, the author says on page 190, the candle-lit pumpkin or skull served as a signal to mark those farms and homes that were sympathetic to the Satanists and thus deserving of mercy when the terror or what they call today trick-or-treat of the night began. 
Further, an old edition of the World Book Encyclopedia says the apparently harmless lighted pumpkin face of the jack-o'-lantern is an ancient symbol of a damned soul that's going back and forth. And if you, if you ever look it up, it's very interesting because Jack was actually had a disagreement with Satan and the kingdom. So now he's basically, if I could use this word, purgatory, floating around. But once you understand truly where a lot of this information came from, the day of the dead, celebrating it, you'll have a better understanding of what we're really participating in. Isn't it amazing? Satan comes as an angel of light. But we know Jesus Christ is the light to the world. And we have to be careful what we actually allow in our life. So I want you to say with me, I want you to say this with me. Say, Jack, Jack. you are about to be changed. changed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. Lord, help us to be open and receptive. Lord, help them to see in light all of the scripture that I want to share with them this morning and we'll be done. We'll have a great time of food and fellowship. And then we'll have a great time of seeing the animals outside and being able to uh, enjoy uh, a cool yet beautiful day that you've provided for us. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, I want to just exemplify you, and I bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that every person in this room will run in victory through Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we know today, there are over 6 billion people in the world. And it is estimated that over 5 billion of them are not saved and ready to go to heaven. Think about that. Halloween celebrates and focuses on death, black cats, witches, goblins, demons, and the Grim Reaper, just to name a few. Jesus Christ rose victorious, and he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. See, the five billion are going to, see, going to be deceived and manipulated by the lying spirits produced by the spirit of what? Death. And darkness. But I am about to show you through this little pumpkin. And these big pumpkins. I wasn't talking about Luke and Chris. What are you talking about? Uh, how we can see some of these come to light. First point. First, the pumpkin must be cleaned out. First, our lives must be cleaned up and cleaned out, right? So if we're going to walk in holiness, if we're going to walk in truth, we need to start cleaning up our life. So here we are, the gentlemen are start carving out their pumpkins. And in Colossians 3, it says this, and you can follow along with me. And it reads, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Right? And then it continues in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. It says... Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, and then it continues in verse 21. And I'm getting tired, and I'm getting more and more tired. Envy, murders, drunkenness, and I could just fall over. Revelries, and the like of which... This is rough, kids. I'm telling you. 
I can't handle it. There's just so much stuff going on. I'm exhausted. This, this must be the Christian life. Oh, hold on. But it says, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will what? Say it with me. Not inherit the kingdom of God. Can I hear you say, if you agree with me, it's difficult trying to live a holy life. Amen? Amen. It's rough, but we've got to clean up our life. We've got to clean up our act. Before I could see any change in my life, I first had to realize that all the things I was pursuing in my life were not leading to the life of Christ. I had prayed for God's help many times, but not with a heart that would see sin in my life. I want to be totally cleaned out. No matter what this pumpkin our lives, our insides, whatever you're dealing with, whatever addictions you've allowed to take place, whatever thing you've allowed to take residence, it needs to be cleaned up and it needs to be cleaned out before it can be used for what God's purpose has for it. In order to truly experience Christ, you must recognize that you are a sinner who needs to be changed. Would you agree with me? Now, point number two, I told you we'll do this quickly. Three points today. He becomes a new creation. He becomes a new creation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, here's what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. Are you still acting the way you used to before you were born again. If you're still acting the same way that you used to act, you have to ask yourself, am I born again? Am I saved? Do I know Jesus as Lord and Savior? And if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come to know Jesus for who he is. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We all know it. But do we live it? That's the question. Do we live it? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Who's the image of him who created him? What is his name? Thank you. Let's say this together. Let's, let's see how many of the kids can answer this. Who are we created it? We, we look, we act, we should look like who? What's his name? Jesus, see, didn't the kids do a great job? See, they know, right? So it says right there that we are renewed in the knowledge of Christ because he created us and we know who we are. See, many people miss it right here. They think because they pray a prayer that it should fix everything. Look, church, we are expected to start making some different choices in our life to back up the decision we made to pray and live our lives out for Jesus Christ. Matthew 23, it says this. And it says in the latter part, I love it, it because it actually calls it out, and, and I know it's different versus the, the King James versus the, uh, the New Living, but it actually says, Hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. 
You should be challenged this morning. Have I cleaned up my act? Isn't it, isn't it fun? Amen, you're right. Have you cleaned up your act? Isn't, isn't it funny? How many of you kids that are in the room, teenagers in the room, have your parents ever said, I want you to clean up your act right now? Oh, okay, only us adults got it. Okay, gotcha. Are your parents, even though you're adults, are they still saying, clean up your act right now? Oh, just kidding. Don't answer that, all right? Debbie, <laughs> clean up your act right now. Depending on the local weather, now watch this, and depending on the conditions during the month of October, an untreated carved pumpkin can have a lifespan anywhere from a week to only a day. Now let me show you something. This is the, probably the ugliest, most disgusting pumpkin I've ever seen. I didn't say you, Pastor Luke. Yeah, let's all say this together. Look at this, kids. Did you like my face? Did that work? This is gross. So I went up to Menards and I'm like, okay, I want to get some real cool, like, oh, did I forget a rag? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I use this hand. Hold on just a minute. That thing's nasty. So I was at Menards and uh, I was looking around. Those are the only two pumpkins I could find that weren't rotted. I was picking them up and they were all over the place. It was just, it was actually disgusting. And, um, but watch this. But the best, thank you, Sir Usher. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Bailey Bob. You sure look like a Bailey Bob. Where'd you get that suit coat? That's sharp. Oh, found it in a dumpster. Thank you. You know, uh, the best way to make a carved pumpkin last longer, listen to this, I didn't know this, I had to look this up, is to slow down the dehydration process and deter it and detour the onset of the mold. Did you see the mold up there at the top of it? When pumpkins shrivel up, it's because they have lost moisture. You can restore them back to their original condition by soaking them in water overnight. How many of you knew that? See, now look at all this great information. We've got two wise ones in the room. And I didn't know it. I was like, that is interesting. You know how they just like, they just lose their life. They lose everything about, you know what I thought was interesting about it? It's much like our Christian life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Sin against God. You know, if it's a lamp, if it's a light into our feet, and, and that's actually what we're trying to follow down that path, then we need to hide his word in our heart to live life in Christ, right? And so we'll start to backslide. We'll start to become uh, dehydrated if we're not in church, if we're forsaking the assembling of ourselves and not coming to church. Would you agree with me? Amen. Well, that wasn't me. That was just a word I thought I'd quote to you. But he says, we're two or more gathered in my name. I'm in the midst. So the Holy Spirit is here. Jesus is with us. But we have to make sure that we continue to pour into our lives so that we can pour into others. Uh, we must stop the peril of creating false converts in the church. We must stop the peril of creating false converts in the church. Here's what it says in Matthew 13, verses 18 through 23. It says this, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, when the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart, this is he who receives seed by the wayside. 
But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes what? Unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. That's just a few, would you say? That's just a few. You see, the only way to have good soil for the seed is to know true repentance and turn from our sin and run after Jesus. We must, we must walk in that new creation, walk in the new creation reality for our own sake as well as those that are around us. And now my last point. He becomes the light of the world. He becomes the light of the world. In Matthew 5, 14, it says this through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And to do what? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is your pastor's favorite verse. And we continue. And then it says in verse 20. For I say to you, when it says that in the scriptures, for I say to you, it also is interpreted. Now I'm almost, I'm going to wind this down here. But I warn you, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Why does the world put a light in the jack-o'-lantern? They know that it will be seen in what? In the darkest, darkest of night. In the darkest times, we must be filled with Christ, for he has come to be the light of the world. And he chose to do that through the church, who consists of every born-again believer. If there's a child in the room, I want you all to stand to your feet. Are there children in the room? Are there teenagers in the room? Stand to your feet. It's time for you to wake up, and we're going to take our finger, and we're going to go like this. Where is this finger pointing? Up. Is this pointing? Now, I want the church to hear how awesome our amazing children's chapel choir is. Now, we're going to sing, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine. Now, remember during practice what we did with our finger, right? We held it up high. Do you remember practice? The teenagers are looking at me like, dude, pastor, this is uncool. I'm not sticking my finger up. I'm not doing it. Now, everybody's looking at you because they're right over there. And I wouldn't do that if I wasn't a youth pastor all those many years ago. But it goes like this, right? Kids, can you sing if we're ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. 
I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Now the church loves this part, so all of you adults get to do this first, right? So we hold up our finger, and it goes right like this. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You may be seated. Good job, children's choir, youth choir. All right. Now, the reason why I incorporated that was because I want you to understand that that text that I read in Matthew chapter 5, that's where that song came from. We don't need to hide it under a bushel. Your light needs to shine to your coworkers, to your classmates, to your friends, to your brothers, to your sisters. Your light needs to shine all the time so that our Father can be glorified in heaven. What we learned through the jack-o'-lantern, he needed a little salvation. We know that what happened with good old Jack and his lantern became a jack-o'-lantern, but we know that there's a transformation when you ask Jesus into your life and you get rid of all the stuff that's on the inside, then your light starts to shine. It says this in John chapter 8, verse 12. Because Jesus spoke to to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We must make a decision to follow him. We will not force anybody. He will not force us to do that. How many of you want to follow Jesus? All right, we've got 12 in the building. How many of you want to follow Jesus? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, how many of you want the Cleveland Browns to win? Oh, I just wanted to see how loud everybody would get. I'm just wanting to make sure that you're following me as we weren't winding things down here this morning, right? We must make a decision to follow him. In John 9, it says this, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. In John 9, verses 4 through 5, it says the night is coming. Church, the night is coming. I believe the night is very close. Oh, pastor, you sound just like an evangelist that I heard once when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We must make a decision now today to put him first before everything else in our life. The time has come and it is now. Darkness is coming upon us quickly. And we must be the light in the darkness now for Jesus is coming and the light will be gone. In Isaiah chapter 6, and this is the commandment, this is what Jesus was commanding, and he's encouraging. We, we, we see that God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah, and it says this in Isaiah 6 verse 8. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, and what did the prophet say? What did he say? What did he say? Right on. The harvest is plentiful and ready to be brought in. Many that are lost right now can be saved if someone will get available for God. He wants to use you. He wants to send you. And as I close this message in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says this. For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. I was at Myers 
And I saw, you know, as I was walking through Myers, it's, it's amazing to me because I saw the jack-o'-lantern. I just stopped yesterday and I took a picture. So I, my wife and I were putting stuff together for the, the platform and stuff. And here's the picture that I took. And it made me think some things, truly. I, I want you to show that, if you will, please. Uh, one of the things that I thought, isn't it amazing? Oh, doesn't he look happy? He may look happy, but that's a jack-o'-lantern. And if you knew the story behind the jack-o'-lantern, even Satan disguises himself as the angel of light. And I think it's important for us as a church to understand, oh, Pastor Todd, you made this such a crazy message. No, you heard me read the scriptures. And so the question I'm going to ask you today is this. I stopped just to look at that, and I thought, and and I will tell you what happened. I went home and I researched it. I YouTubed it, then I started watching all this stuff. Because the kids are in the room, I didn't want to even have that story up here on the screen. We didn't even know what we were doing. I believe we've allowed the world to manipulate us, molest us, and deceive us to a place where we just are accepting whatever they say. And so if we're going to walk in his holiness, he says, be holy for I am holy. What will you do with God's word to you? This is your day. Are you going to say yes to God? Or will you continue to be a part of the problem? Or will you make the decision to become part of the solution? Will you follow Jesus? And when I say this, I know that there's an agenda everywhere. But I believe more and more that teachers in the public schools are introducing more children to the occult. And unfortunately, Halloween is one of the two holidays that public schools celebrate. Isn't that interesting? And I knew as soon as I was reading the article, I said I knew what the other one was. And they continue. They choose Halloween and Valentine's Day because supposedly there's no religious significance. How wrong they are about Halloween. And to be sure, there is no Christian significance to Halloween. However, but I believe that it is a religious day. And you heard me say it at the beginning of the message. An increasing number of people are seeing the dangers associated with celebrating this holiday. So Christians, let's make this personal. Let's make it applicable today. When exposed to the dark side of the day. And you're deciding if you're going to celebrate it. You have to ask yourself this question. Is this pleasing to the Lord? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Even though the world's before me, I mean, even though the cross is before me and the world is behind me, no turning back. No turning back. Have you decided to follow Jesus? You know, young Jack, many of you kids have a pumpkin. Hold it up. You have a pumpkin, and we've learned three simple points to today. You have a pumpkin. The pumpkin is filled with something. We're all filled with something. We have the DNA of our parents. 
We're filled with things that bullies and other people have done to us or said to us, and we start to believe it. Well, I want you to know that you have the same opportunity that I had when I was nine years old to accept Jesus into my heart and into my life and start to change it. And so I had to say, I have to change some of those little things that are in my heart and in my life to be a better young man and a better boy. And for some of you little girls, you have that choice as well. But this pumpkin, in in a lot of ways, represents all of us in this room. And the reason why I had my associate pastors do exactly what they've done is they have put a light in it. Because this represents our light. So as they put this light in it, see what happens when you clean out the junk of your light? Life, you get to smile. Life becomes brighter, right? Your life starts to change. You start to start singing songs like, I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. You can only experience joy when you know Christ is your Savior. And when you learn that I'm not turning back, I'm going to follow Jesus. But the only way to get there is when you come to a place where the cross is at. When you fall at the foot of the cross where Jesus died for each and every one of us, where he gave his life for each and every one of us, where we get to spread his love, spread his gospel, spread his light to each and every person. It says in 2 Corinthians 15 and 17, what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? It says this, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Now watch as we continue. In verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be different. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Now listen. Here's where it's personal. I was 15 years old and the Lord called me to preach. 15. Baptized at 13. I made decisions. You are never too young to make the decision today to follow Christ. And even though the obstacles of your life might seem big, I want you to make decisions to say, I love Jesus because Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is yes in our weakness he becomes strong look at this next verse in Romans chapter 12 I want you to think of this holiday in this light be not overcome by evil but overcome evil with I'm going to leave you with that thought this isn't your pastor speaking to you this is the Lord saying to you listen as the paul called of god says listen you don't need to be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good and when my little granddaughter goes through a place and she sees objects and she goes like this libby no look libby no look libby no look that's scary what does that tell you just stop for a minute If a two-year-old can teach me more than I could teach her, can we be a little bit more mature as Christians and make some great decisions to lead our children in righteousness and holiness so that they live out their life loving and living their life for Christ? You know, I love living for Jesus. 
He's the greatest gift. Listen, picking up the cross of Christ and following him is, is very difficult. For you kids, you have this pumpkin. And I want you to take that pumpkin and, and I want you to draw the little cross that you see that Pastor Chris has over here. And I want you to take this pumpkin and you can only keep it in your room for a little amount of time. But I want you to come back to me because as it starts to get stinky, you parents will love this one, right? As it starts to get stinky, stick it in water. Tell me if what I read is true. Let's bring it back to life. And when that bully or somebody starts to get down on you, I want you to say, wait a minute. Jesus loves me, this I know. And this pumpkin is going to be a reminder that you can always go to the cross. You can always go to the foot of the cross and cry out to him. Will you as a church, will you as a community make a great decision to say, listen, and I mean it, to hell with you, Satan. I am not going to live my life like this any longer. I'm seeking the kingdom. I'm going for I'm going for Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. I was driving down the road and I was going to close, but I want to share this thought with you. Maybe for, for many of you in the room, you have to ask this question. Can he use me? Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. But as I was driving and I'm watching things, I was in Ravenna yesterday. And they blocked off the streets for the Halloween walk. And as I was driving, heading south on 44, I looked to my right and I saw all these little people dressed in witches' outfits. And as I drove by, I said, God, protect them for they know not what they do. Why is it we are diminishing the very thing that God wants to instill within them that is the love and the light of christ and i want that so bad for my granddaughters i want that bad i want it bad for each and every one of you i want that bad for our church you make your own decisions but in a world right now god's chosen people israel is being slaughtered and god is on the throne he is the alpha and omega the beginning and the end. And I looked at Becky last evening on our way home and I said, God forbid we lose sight of heart. They were chosen. Yet children, women, and men are being slaughtered. And I have to put it to you like this because that is real. And we know that in the end times, persecution will come. And we know that his great kingdom, the new Jerusalem, will come down and will establish a new heaven on earth. And I know this, that I'm going to live out my last days letting my light shine. I'm going to go before the Lord in the morning, throughout the day, and at night, before I lay my head down. And at 2.30 this morning, to 6 o'clock this morning, and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to uplift each and every person around the world from our congregation to those that are running to have life when we know the enemy is running to kill the joy that's within our life. Do you accept it today? Do you receive it? Will you stand for Christ? Will you stand for God and God alone? And will you realize 
that everything that you do represents your light to a dark world. Will you accept that today? Let's rise to our feet as we pray. Lord, we come before you and we thank you that we can be a light. That, Lord, that you are continually moving within each and every one of us to become better, not bitter. God, even this morning, even when the enemy tried to tempt me, I knew that greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And in all these things, we've been made more than conquerors. He didn't want me to speak on this topic today, for it is truth. But it's the right truth. It's the way. And Father, we need to understand that we as Christians have been flirting with sin. There's some in this room that... Maybe, Lord, they've been searching their own heart. I'm not here to to try to manipulate them or persuade them. Lord, they heard your word. I gave the points. They saw the visual. Lord, for some that are in this room, maybe they need to ask Jesus into their heart and in their life. Today's the day of their salvation. Today is the day of their turning. Today's the day when they clean up the old and start walking in the newness of life. Today is the day where they fall at the foot of the cross and say, Here I am, Lord. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. I surrender my all to you. I give you my all. Father, I lay down my pride. Father, thank you for your word. And I'm not just saying it. Standing up here on this platform, in this building, amongst this community of believers. Lord, I want to experience the breath of life. I want to live experiencing your love and mercy and your provisions and compassion and protection. God, I'm sorry that I've opened up the door of vulnerability for Satan to come in and take precedence or residence in my life. But Lord, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach the word and I'm going to let those know that what the word has to say, there's truth behind it. So, God, give us all the strength to let our light shine before men that they may see our good works. But that you would be glorified, not us, but that people would see Jesus in us. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the fun, the festivities. But, Father, we thank you that in in the middle of all this, the seriousness that comes with our fall festival and why we as Christians have made choices to not flirt with the world so help us lord to live in righteousness to live right before you lord today there might be some in this room that need you as lord and savior would they come before you today today's their day of salvation god i'm pleading on their behalf let them come and kneel at this old fashioned altar and ask christ into their heart and in their life In Jesus' name we pray.